So this is the part of our time together when we're going to open the Bible. And so maybe you've got a Bible in your house. Now is the moment to uh, take it down from your bookshelf, dust it off. Uh, maybe you've already got it there or maybe you've got it on your phone. Uh, that would be good too. We're going to be reading this morning from Romans chapter 8. And so uh, uh, please, would you turn to that? And just while we're all turning in our Bibles to Romans chapter 8, uh, I've got five S's for you this morning. Um, I realise that some people are groaning now thinking, oh no, five points, but they're all short, they're all short, I promise you. Uh, and the first, uh, they're all, they all begin with S, the first one is scripture. Um, do, do you know, like, there's a lot of news around at the moment, isn't there? There's a lot of news, and it's just coming at us all the time. So Boris Johnson, our Prime Minister, is, is uh, every day now giving us more updates more news and then there's stuff coming out of Holyrood as well and then there's uh, all of the news outlets are just churning out information advice uh, and updates on things that are happening and so it's and like my phone is just pinging all the time with different things that I feel like oh my gosh I need to pay attention to that and then on top of all that there's all the kind of I don't know what you'd call like quack news, like fake news yeah. uh, that's coming out on Facebook and stuff like that about like, make sure you avoid gerbils at all costs or like, you know, whatever you do, there are a particular brand of hoovers that are like from the Antichrist or something like that. And so it's like news, news, news all the time. And uh, I don't know whether you've noticed, but I've definitely noticed there's a direct correlation between the number of times I pick up my phone and my own sense of anxiety and fear. And, and what I've noticed is that the more that I'm picking up my phone, the more anxious I feel. Whereas, do you know what? This book, not so much. Like whenever I'm picking up this book, I feel like there's a sense of peace, a sense of hope that's rising within me. And so I just want to start this morning, in a sense, by saying this, that, that maybe this is the moment where all of us develop a, a new hunger, a new appetite for scripture. You know, th this book, it's, its truth isn't changing every day. Uh, its truth is timeless, ancient, eternal. And uh, it's not the kind of hope that your auntie found on Facebook. Like, it's genuine hope that comes from the one who created all of us and who knows us inside out and who sustains us. And so uh, maybe you've never read the Bible before or that's not a thing, like you don't have a Bible in your house. The great news is that if you go onto the App Store or the Google Play Store and just type Bible, then there, is a, uh, there are quite a few Bible apps, but the one we recommend is usually the one that comes right at the top. It's by an organization called life.church. And uh, so we would just encourage you, why, why not just download it and start to read it instead of reading all the news updates? And just to say, probably not the best idea to start right at the beginning. Like, I mean, the Genesis part is like quite exciting. And then, it, well, uh, all I'm just going to say is start with the New Testament, start with Matthew's gospel um, and, and then just work your way from there. And you'll just what you'll do is you'll see who Jesus is and the kinds of things that he does. And, and we, we would just love you to start doing that. Okay, so the first S is scripture. And so we're gonna turn now to Romans chapter eight. And just to say, this is a letter that's written by someone called the Apostle Paul. 
and he's writing actually quite late on in his life. So he's already by this point experienced huge persecution. He's experienced um, suffering and immense pressure. And so he's speaking from a place where he knows what it's like to be under pressure in the kind of way that or actually probably more significant than many of us are experiencing at the moment. And um, uh, just to say, uh, if you're watching this live, apparently, if you click on the, the word Bible to the right, then you'll be able to see this passage there as well. I'm not going to read all of it, but we're just going to read bits of it at a time. So first of all, Romans chapter 8, verse 22. In fact, we'll start halfway through verse 21. It says this, the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present times. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Everything that's happening right now, it seems to me that this whole global pandemic is a sign. And like, before you start thinking, oh no, he's going all doomsday on us. He's like, the end of the world, it's the end of the world. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is, it's a sign. It's a sign about something. Uh, and we need to learn to read the signs. It's actually a sign that's telling us that the world as we know it is broken. In fact, what did I just read there? The creation is in bondage to decay. It's just a sign that's telling us that, that the world isn't all as we would want it to be. And, and of course, we know that's true. Like, I, I just think it's amazing. Like, we, we were in Nando's. I'm going to say a week ago. Was it <laughs> yeah, a week ago? I it was. Uh, time is passing at a different rate, isn't it? But we, we were in Nando's recently, and all we had to worry about was like peri-peri chips, or sweet potato fries. We were worrying about like lemon and herb or mango and pomegranate. Those are the kind of decisions that we were making a week ago. And suddenly everything has changed. It's a scary thing. Um, but moments like this are supposed to pull us up short. We're supposed to suddenly think, oh, let me just stop. Let just, I, I was absorbed in my own little world. But now there's something bigger. It's, it's a sign that's pointing to a greater reality, something bigger. Last summer, we were in uh, America. And we just happened to be in America at the time when there were two earthquakes. In fact, in that particular area, they were the two biggest earthquakes that had for 30 years. So uh, it's like 6.4 and 7.1 on the Richter scale. And we were 140 miles away from the epicenter of the earthquakes, and yet, um, it was as if there was like a juggernaut going past centimetres from your house, like the whole house was shaking. It was unbelievable. That's also a sign that the world is subject to decay. Uh, similarly, like if you think about the, um, uh, what do you call it? The, the, uh, uh, everyone stopped piling their toilet rolls and all of that. Like this intense selfishness that we're seeing right now is also a sign. It's a sign that the world is groaning. That's what he, the word that he uses in verse 22. The world is groaning, creation is groaning. And so our response should be to wake up and smell the coffee. Everything isn't as it should be, nor as we would like it to be. Something bigger is going on and it requires a response from us. And so we, we should be starting to think to ourselves, gosh, actually let me start to think about what my life is for. 
Let me start to think about where my life is going. Let me start to think about who is God? Let me start to think about what does God want from my life? It's a sign. That's the second S, signs. So scripture, signs. Number three, spirit. Let me just read a bit more of the scriptures in verse 26. He says, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us and through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. A few years ago, a friend of mine and I we were walking in the mountains and we started off, this is typical Scotland, isn't it? We started off, we were walking, it was like glorious sunshine, only blue skies. And then of course, wouldn't you know it, the, the clouds come across the sky until you can't see any blue. And then the, the clouds just descended and we were in the middle of the clouds. And so we literally couldn't see our hand in front of our faces and we couldn't see where we were putting our feet. And it was so disorienting and scary. What do we need in moments like that? Like, this is a moment like that, isn't it? Where, where we, it's like we don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. We, like, we're lost, we're confused, we're disoriented. What do you need in moments like that? What you need is, well, two things. You need a compass and you need a companion. We need someone to show us the way. We need a... a, a we need to know where we're going, where to put our feet, where we, where we should go. And also we need a companion. We need someone with us, someone to assure us, someone to pray for us, someone to show us love. And actually, in our passage, the Apostle Paul is telling us that that's exactly what we have in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our companion. And the Holy Spirit is our compass. He's our comforter and he's also our guide. And in particular, I don't know whether you noticed it, but I really love the example that the Apostle Paul gives us of what it is that the Holy Spirit is helping us to do. He says, we don't know what to pray for. I mean, can I get an amen for that? We, we, we don't know what to pray for. We don't know how to pray. This feels so overwhelming, this situation. Like, we don't know how to pray. And he, he's, what he actually says is this. He, he says in verse 22, he says, the whole creation is groaning. And then in verse 23, he says, we're groaning. And then um, he goes on to say that the Holy Spirit, who helps us in our weakness... God himself, present right in the depths of our own souls. What does he do? He, ha he adds his groans to our groans right in the core of who we are. Yeah. He adds his whispers to our whispers. I just, it's such a picture of intimacy that God himself, when we don't know what to pray, he's going to help us to pray. And not just like, it's not just that God is with us, but, but for those of us who know and love Jesus, God is within us. I love that. Let's carry on reading. Verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, 
who can be against us? Do you know what? I'm just going to read that again. I feel like I'm, yeah. I'm not going to stand up because that might ruin the shot. But there's, you know, this should be making you say kumbaya or something like that. Uh, <laughs> what should we say then in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So how can we know the presence and peace and person of God right in the core of who we are? Well, the news is from the scriptures that, um, you know, like Disney ain't going to help us with this. So Disney might say, just look inside yourself, look, look deep within yourself and you will find the hope and the peace that you need. It's nonsense. If you look deep inside yourself, what you'll find, what most of us would find is something that horrifies us. Right. Actually, that's not going to work. What the apostles Paul is saying is that there is somebody who can provide us with peace there but the source of the peace is not like Rapunzel or or Buzz Lightyear the source of the peace is Jesus verse 32 he who did not spare his own son talking about Jesus but gave him up for us all will he not graciously give us all things and that's why at the end of this talk, actually, I'm going to provide an opportunity for anyone who you're not sure if you're a Christian or you know you're not a Christian, but actually you realize that you want to know the peace of God, not just in a kind of general sense, but right within the core of who you are. That's only available to you if you've surrendered your life to Jesus. And so at the end of this talk, I'm going to make an opportunity for you if you would like to become a Christian, even in your PJs, even with your <laughs> cup of Aldi Diet Coke, <laughs> even, in, even in that place, you could come to know Jesus right now and experience the Holy Spirit. But also, let me just uh, finish. So, so far we've had, what have we had? Scripture, signs, spirit, saviour. I'll tell you what, this is about as good as I get. I've peaked on the alliteration. <laughs> doing well, I'm doing well. Um, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. Well, that's slightly less cheery than I thought it was going to be. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, he says, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The last S I've got for you this morning is separation. I think this is maybe the most comforting passage of or, or part of our passage. The Apostle Paul, who, like I said earlier on, he's experienced immense pressure through much of his life. And in fact, this letter, Romans, was written after 2 Corinthians, where he really goes into great detail about the kind of suffering he's experienced. He talks about being hard-pressed on every side, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. He talks about how he's been beaten and flogged and imprisoned for his faith, just like many of our brothers and sisters around the world are today. And yet his testimony is, having experienced all of that for many years, he says, nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing. 
Nothing can separate us from God's love. Verse 38, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God, separate us from God's love. You might be in isolation in the middle of nowhere on your own right now. You might be in your prison cell, literally, or you might just feel like you're in a prison cell. You might be separated from your family, from your mum. You might be separated from everyone you know and love. You are not separated from God's love. You're not separated from God's love. God's love is able to meet you wherever you are. Do you know, it might be that you've been running from God your whole life. It might be that you've been hiding from God. It might be actually that you don't even believe that God exists. But the truth is that God's love is pursuing us. Mm. God's love chases us down and finds us wherever we are. Um, Corrie Ten Boone, who was, she was, uh, uh, was, is, well, that's awkward, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Dutch, uh, she, she was a young Dutch girl in the Second World War. And uh, she and her whole family were uh, captured and taken to the Auschwitz concentration camp. And while she was there, her father uh, was killed and also her sister. And eventually she was released and, and let out. And she was asked by uh, an interviewer some years later, they said, Corrie, what did you learn through that whole tragic and horrific experience? And she said this, I learned that God's love still stands when all else has fallen. Mm -hmm. I learned that God's love still stands when all else has fallen. Well, we might be physically distanced and separated from one another right now, but you, wherever you are, you are not separated from God's love. God's love is right with you right now.